let's speak to Craig about a little contribution to the open source world. Hi, I'm Ian Thane. Welcome to another SAP Code Talk. And as I said, we're going to have Craig Schmeihel, my colleague and friend from Germany, on the on our Code Talk today. Craig, thanks for joining us. Oh, it's a pleasure to be back. So, I mean, we speak to each other a number of times a week. And uh, I know you've, you've been really excited about something uh, uh, in the open source world. So, Craig, give me a little hint before we get into the conversation a bit more. Well, um... As you know, I mean, one of the things that I, I'm out there doing is trying to get people excited about uh, different tech and, and taking a look at uh, especially SAP HANA, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm actually working to try to get people looking at it from a, a number of various different perspectives. So not just from an enterprise uh, resource planning perspective, so not just the ERP uh, perspective or something like that, but also... SAP HANA is a versatile platform that can be used for a lot of different things. And that's one of the things that I'm looking at. And of course, how do you get in front of developers and how do you get developers to take a look at your stuff is be as open as possible. And that's kind of where we're at right now. Okay. So let, let, before, before we go into it a little bit deeper, so just give me an idea of uh, how SAP plays in the open source world. Um, well, you know, as of a couple of weeks, uh, Jonathan Baker of the developer uh, and community relations team has been doing a series of blog posts about open source. Um, not only about how SAP contributes to the various foundations and how we open source a lot of our own stuff, like OpenUI5 he blogged about, um, but also he'll be going into details about how we actually can um, submit as employees to various open source projects as well. Um, and as I came across a project and, and tied in together with a horribly devastating crash of my system, <laughs> um, I, you know, I decided to combine a, a lot of different efforts together and I, you know, started working on a, you know, I'd been looking at a, a project called SQL pad already and SQL pad is a, is an SQL, um, you know, editor query runner in your browser. And um, I've been looking at it from various different perspectives, and and I thought I'd you know modify it, you know, work with Hana for my own personal, um, you know, purposes. But then I realized I can actually take advantage of the fact that SAP employees are allowed to contribute as well. So contacted the author and found out he was open to the idea that I contribute my code changes back to the base. Excellent. So as you can see, hopefully you see behind me, I've got the. Uh... The page is just Googled uh, SQL pad and you can see there that's where Craig would have uh, hit first of all. But Craig, you mentioned, you know, you mentioned HANA, you mentioned sort of the, uh, the sort of looking at it in a different way to the traditional. Um, don't we have tools for this already? True. Um, and, and that's and that's probably where a lot of people are, are probably going. Uh, but SAP has a bunch of SQL tools, database explorer. And, and we do. Um, if you have a full-blown uh, version of SAP HANA running, 
Um, you've probably got the XSA, the XS Advanced Application Stack, and the XS Advanced Application Stack has what we call the Database Explorer, which is is a total uh, tool to explore all of the database elements. We've also got the Web IDE, which is you know a browser-based uh, development environment for creating XS applications. You can go in, you can create in your HANA system an HDI container, put all your database elements into that. You can work with that and and everything. However, with SAP HANA Express Edition, which is our low memory footprint size, mm -hmm. we have two different flavors. One is the server plus applications, which has this full-blown XSA environment and everything like that. But then the other side is the server only environment. And, and I like to think of the server only environment as kind of the core features of SAP HANA. It's got all the text analytics, geospatial, sentiment analysis, uh, machine learning. It's got all of those basic features, but it doesn't allow you to build applications on top. However, it does allow you to interact with that database on the database level, meaning I can run my queries, create my schemas, create my tables, create my column tables, create my, my fuzzy indexes and search indexes on my column table to be able to do fuzzy searches and everything like that. But to do that, I need a SQL editor. I need to be able to interact with it on, on the SQL level. Now, without having that XS advanced environment, I'm missing those specific tools. Now, SAP provides an ODBC driver, a JDBC driver. We have a HANA plugin for the Eclipse environment, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not that you're without. However, if you're not used to the SAP ecosystem already, Mm -hmm. You may not immediately come across all of those tool options. You may not immediately realize which option is which. Now, we're working very hard to make sure that you have all of that information when you get your first version um, of the SAP HANA Express Edition, for example, which is free. You can download it, run it in a VM, download the binaries, install it yourself, up to 32 gigabytes of memory usage for free, including productive use. Mm -hmm. However, you need to also be able to get to the SQL. And if for whatever reason, we're not clear, if we haven't you know, stated the obvious, if, if you haven't found it, you're probably going to go to your trusted SQL editor. Um, we could have done our job beautifully and listed all the options and you may still go to your trusted SQL editor. Now, if it's a JDBC or ODBC based one, you can get the drivers, you can you know connect to it, you're set to go. Mm -hmm. However, if you are a fan of Node, like I am, then you may not immediately find it. But yet we have a Node driver for HANA as well. It's called HDB. You can install it via NPM. And one of the things that I did was I looked for Node-based SQL editors. I don't do a lot of intensive SQL. So for me, it was kind of more or less demoing, uh, being able to do things. I wanted lightweight. And I wanted to be able to also compartmentalize it to where if my machine crashes again, which unfortunately has happened multiple times in the last couple of weeks, I wanted to be able to do it like a Docker image or something like that to where I just boom, run it up and running. I'm set to go. Life is grand. And that's when I came across SQL pad and um, I liked it. It was simple. It was straightforward. It fit all my needs perfectly. Um, and I thought, hey, wow, this is really cool. Let's contribute back and, and see what happens. Excellent. So you, you do have a blog. Uh, by the time this video is out, the blog will be out as well. So the blog actually covers a number of things. Uh, you sent me a, 
a, a, a quick look at it before uh, before our code talk, and it's it's pretty extensive. And uh, but you just can give me sort of some of the highlights of of what you explain in your blog on uh, blogs.sap.com. Um, well, I kind of broke the blog into two parts. One part one is is my just pure excitement because I haven't actually contributed to open source in a number of years. In fact, the last time I contributed to open source outside of the company environment, um, I think SourceForge was where I did it, and that was many, many years ago. So this was my first contribution to a non-SAP-related activity um, through GitHub. Um, so I kind of documented the whole process, um, the fact that you know the, I contacted the author, you know I did the fork, I, I updated my code, I submitted my pull request. So it was it was just kind of a documentation there from that perspective, um, for two reasons. One, for my own benefit, I wanted to kind of remember the process. But two, I wanted to make sure that um, people realize that I went through an official process for this. You know, mm -hmm. it didn't take long. Um, in fact, the only delay that I had was time zones. You know, being based in Europe, and one of the persons that had to to take a look at the the form that I submitted was based in California. You know, I already had a nine hour you know overlap there, and of course they had a question because I marked two things on the form which contradicted each other. So, you know, it was kind of it was more of a documentation process um, that I wanted to be sure that I remember. Hey, by the way, it's a quick, easy process to do. Um, but remember a couple of little key things later on. So those are those are kind of things in my notes that the blog will hopefully jog my memory the next time that I want to submit to another project, and and I and I intend to. Okay. Um, the other part of the blog is actually about running this application now. Many people, when they get a, a program, you know, an SQL letter, or it's Eclipse-based, or it's this-based, or that-based, or whatever, and they download an application, they put it into their system, they run the application. Well, on a node-based application, it's not exactly the same way. Now, when you and I, you know, talked uh, months ago with uh, Homebridge, you know, running Homebridge as an application, you know, for doing HomeKit, you know, using Node.js and everything like that, you know, we went through those steps, you know, got to get Node installed, once Node is installed, got to get NPM installed, once NPM is installed, then you have to actually install the, the Node build of this application, and then you can run it. And one of the things is this, though, is that after three years of multiple node versions and back and forth, I had a lot of issues with my system, which is why it's kind of no wonder that the system kind of kind of finally gave up on me. <laughs> so before I get my new system, I, I started to look at different ways that I could kind of compartmentalize this. I wanted to have you know this whole container technology perspective. So the second half of the blog is about the three different ways that I tried to install this as an application. One, I went into the terminal on my Mac. You can go in command prompt. I ran the node install. I, I ran the NPM install. I you know installed the SQL pad. I launched it from the command line. Boom, done, right? Um, if you've got different versions of Node, though, you got to make sure you have a Node version manager. You got to figure out how to separate it. Um, then I tried Vagrant, and Vagrant is just another open source tool where you can actually set up and it automatically create and provision a VM, mm -hmm. and and boom, it's all self-contained and, and done. And then the third one I tried was Docker. Now I really like Docker. I wasn't sure about Docker when I first started playing around with it, um, but I really like it because. I'm a big fan of synced folders. You know, at SAP we use OneDrive. Personally, I use iCloud. Um, 
by creating my Docker container, I'm actually able to sync um, a location on my hard drive to the Docker container. And that becomes the persistent layer of, you know, when I use this application. And there's one folder in this application called the configuration directory. It's where your users are stored, your connections are stored, your queries are stored, et cetera, cache, everything. And what I have is I have that is linked to a location on my hard drive that is part of a synced folder um, setup to where my 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 system is is making sure that I that's synced in the cloud. Anything happens, I still have it. And the container is running the application and just running that application. So I go into I, I do Docker, you know, Docker compose file. It sets the the port number that needs to be run. Um, you know, it runs a Docker file. And, and basically what I did was I shared my Vagrant file and my Docker file and my Docker Compose files in the blog. Um, I also shared the steps that I did to run it, as, um, you know, from the command line. And what I wanted to do was just show that, you know, once you, you know, want to try it out, it's it's fairly simple to do. And the coolest thing is, is, is over at the end of last week, I submitted my pull request. Um, it got merged into the system, you know, within, I think it was like 18 hours or something like that. So based on the guys, you know, he's in a different country, you know, time zones again. And then um, he actually, over the weekend, he sent me a couple of emails and he already updated the NPM build. So version 2.5.0 is now out and it has the SAP HANA functionality in it. And then the, la the very last section of the blog is actually showing SQL pad running where I'm actually making a connection to a HANA Express system and I do two different connections. One where I actually connect with no schema. So HANA, we use a schema. The schema has multiple uh, tables. Tables have multiple columns. And then I do a second connection where I connect to um, actually one of your schemas, S a SAP Fleet. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, basically the difference is, is when you go in to build the queries, if I have a specific schema, it only shows me the tables associated with that schema. Yep. If I don't give a schema, it shows me all my schemas that are available to my user and I can go drill down to whatever table and see the columns and everything, write my queries. I can save the query and I can run the query and create a ch chart tables to, um, to actually visualize the data. So for for my purposes and a lot of the demos that I do where I just want to show how to create a table, run a fuzzy search, you know, some of the basics that I, I like to show people that how to get started. Um, this has been absolutely, you know, perfect for those cases. And it's it's just extremely lightweight. Is it the only way to do it? Of course not. I can go command line, HDB, SQL, and run it from the command line manually. But for me, this was really nice because it let me save those those queries and everything like that. So just a lot of fun. Oh, excellent. So the, probably the, the, just in summary, the the place that they need to go now is the, the blog because it will have everything. As you say, it will have your experience with uh, the the open source community, uh, the, the contribution, the product installations that you went through and also running it as well. So guys, if you want to check out blogs.sap.com. Look out for Craig on there. We'll see whether we can also get Craig to comment on the video when it goes onto the YouTube channel and maybe give you the specific link that, that for this. But uh, Craig, uh, well done. I'm glad that I'm glad that the, uh, the multiple crashes on your system gave fruit to some sort of exercise. <laughs> it is, it's crazy how much, uh, you know, a system crash can can totally change your perspective on how you do development and how you 
create your development environments to work with. Um, yeah, no, very cool. And a good change. Craig, thanks for sharing and uh, thanks for joining me on Code Talk.